The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, it's time to talk sustainability. And this week, Joe Linhan, editor of the Climate Supplement with the Sunday Times Ireland, has been taking to four wheels, but in the most sustainable way she can. Uh, Joe, good morning. Morning, Pat. You have been driving electric cars. Now, you're not a motoring correspondent, so this is like, if you like, the consumer's view of the EV. 100%. I'm definitely not a petrol head. So I've been testing them and driving them and really seeing how they work practically for everyday people, not the experts, down to the brass tacks. What's the mileage? How do we charge up? And what's, what's the value for money? Now, the, the first one you drove, the Volvo C40 Recharge Pure Electric. Um, you're, you're not buying the cheapest or driving the cheapest car on the road, are you? You're certainly not. For between about fifty-eight and sixty-seven thousand euro, you're you're making a massive invested investment in this Scandi designed car. But what you are getting is a really comfortable SUV. It's absolutely beautiful to drive. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Very energy efficient. You're getting about four hundred kilometers on a single charge. And I guess the big selling point for this car is that it can charge between ten and eighty percent of its total battery in about thirty minutes. So if you're someone who's on the road a lot, you've got a lot of driving to do. That's really handy. You're not having to stop and and spent hours charging up if you need to be on the go. Okay, so it it charges fast and if you find a charger somewhere, uh, bingo, uh, in a half an hour, cup of coffee, uh, you're bang up to speed again. Now the next one, the Polestar 2 long range dual motor performance model, that's even more expensive. Oh, that's Climbing up there again. I have a great life, don't I? This one is coming in at around €77,000. And Polestar might not be a name that people are familiar with. This is pretty much brand new to the Irish market. It's a Swedish electric performance car, actually bought by Volvo back there in 2015. And it's only in Ireland since March 2022. So you might have seen a couple of these around and wondered, what is that little car in front of me with the symbol? That's the Polestar. Now, this is really a car lover's dream. It's so stylish. It's so sporty. And you're getting serious mileage, up to 550 one kilometers on a full range, but you're paying a high price for it. Yeah, you're paying uh, what seventy-seven thousand plus. Yes, for it. Uh, now, look, you're also buying the exclusivity because this is a car that, you know, not a lot of people have. I suppose you're buying into that and it is very special. It stands out in the car park or on the road, but it's expensive. But it is. It's an absolutely beautifully designed car, really, really stylish. And it's integrated fully with Google. So it's very, very sophisticated technology wise. Now, they're both uh, Volvo uh, cars you've uh, talked about so far. Polestar being owned by Volvo. Volvo in turn is owned by uh, Geely. It's a Chinese corporation. Now, Volvo is still headquarters in, uh, headquartered in Gothenburg in Sweden. All their activities uh, derive from there, but they are owned uh, by Chinese. And that brings us to the BYD, which is an unashamedly Chinese brand. Yes, BYD, which actually stands for Build Your Dreams, which is an unusual name, but there you go. So it was basically established in 1995 as a rechargeable battery maker. And since then, they've actually used their own technology in China and they've developed their own range of cars. Now, this is an SUV that I tried, that I tried the Atto 3. Again, very, very new to Ireland. And actually, the Atto 3 is the only SUV that's currently available from this brand in Ireland. Now, I have to say, of all the electric cars that I've driven, this is the one that really, really impressed me. You're getting up to 420 kilometers on a full charge. It's coming in significantly significantly lower than most of the EVs at about 37,000 euro. It's won awards, numerous awards for its five-star safety. So excellent if you're looking for a family car investment. And what I really loved about this car is that it's not oversized. It's really handy to drive, very, very smooth and comfortable. And the great thing is that... um, 
you know you're getting decent value and also that safety it's really coming on, on mm-hmm. that safety mark very very good I really was impressed by it the Chinese have the technology down and what's fantastic is you know if you're using the radio or you're using the air conditioning that drains the battery so that takes from your mileage and with this one I really find it didn't affect that at all Okay. Now, uh, you also, uh, by the way, the price of that somewhere from 37,000 up. So half the price of the other two cars that you've been talking about. But you've gone up the market again with the Jaguar I-Pace. I know. And I, honestly, I'd never driven a Jaguar before. I probably will never again. So I thoroughly enjoyed having a spin in this. The I-Pace is an SUV. But when I say it is enormous, this is like a truck. It's absolutely ginormous. And really what Jaguar tried to do was that the, they tried to bring their sportiness, their perf- that performance driving and that stylishness to an SUV, which they absolutely uh, achieved. But you're talking starting from 88,000 euro. So if you have that lying around, fantastic for you. And then you're getting up to 470 kilometers for, from a full charge. But what I really found with this is everything drains the battery. Um, and, you know, it's enormous. So for city driving, completely impractical. You can't get down the road. Maybe if you're living in the country and you need a big SUV to get around, perhaps, but a big investment um, for, you know, not great mileage. Now, did you try any of the budget cars? I have yet to try any budget cars. Again, as I say, a very lucky life that I've been needing to try all of these high-end ones. But it's definitely on my radar because as you've discussed, Pat, these are enormous investments and not really in the range, besides the BYD at 37,000, if you're going to maybe go for that, not really in the range of the normal consumer. So I have a lot of work to do on the more accessible ones for sure. Have you tried any of them? Uh, I have. I've I've driven quite a, a few of the smaller ones. And, you know, the range tends to be a bit shorter because, you know, the more battery you pay for, the more expensive uh, the cars become. But uh, we, we'll perhaps do a feature specifically on the lower end of, of the market. But here's the big question. Sustainability. How do we know how sustainable all of these EVs are in terms of the battery, how long it lasts, what happens to it when it finally is uh, no longer suitable for the car? What about the construction of those cars? Are they really sustainable? Well, this is the thing, and it's such a complex issue because we're on this massive, you know, national and European push to reach to reach carbon neutrality by 2050. And so electric vehicles have become a real focus in this. But as you say, there's repercussions to everything. There's no way to do anything in this world sustainably. And there's been a lot of pressure on the battery makers because they're extracting cobalt and lithium in really unsustainable ways, you know, damaging local communities. So that's a huge issue. Then in terms of the actual production, you're right, they're very, very heavy carbon production. I mean, the pole start that's where it really shines. The polls are basically hoping that by 2030, they'll be getting every car that leaves its factory gates out with zero carbon footprint. So they're really going for it. But as for the rest of them, a lot of question marks. And as you say, what happens to the batteries at the end of their life? We have a lot of issues to sort out. There's there's a big impact with everything. And yes, while these are carbon neutral and they're fantastic, at the end of the day, the most sustainable way to travel is to use whatever vehicle you have for as long as possible and use it until the end of its yeah. life, in my opinion. The last question is, are, are you a city dweller? Do you have a charging point uh, in your front garden, for example, on your driveway? If you live in an apartment, what do you do? How did you manage? So I am a city dweller and I'm a renter. So even if I wanted to install a charger, I couldn't. I didn't have that option. So that's why I really felt like when I was driving these cars, I really was someone who, you know, might be coming at this from a very, you know, normal place. So what I had to do everywhere I went was do my research, find the chargers. There's mixed reactions there because sometimes you're not very close to a charger. Other times you turn up to a charger and it's not working. Now, the government in January did announce their national infrastructure plan for EV charging. They're investing 100 million between now and 2025. 
So they're really going to bulk up the infrastructure. But we have a long way to go to make sure that people aren't searching for for charging points, turning up with them broken. Um, and as you say, if you're someone who's renting or renting like or in an apartment, there is a, a challenge there. So we have a long way to go. We're at the start of, of a, an EV journey, you could say. All right, Joe Lennon, the editor of the Climate Supplement with the Sunday Times Ireland. Uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.